Welcome to Indie Depth, the show where we go in-depth with independent filmmakers on the filmmaking process. I'm your host, Andrew Froning, and today I have writer-director Chad Shifley. Welcome to the show, Chad. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course, man. Yeah, We met at um, Atlantic City Cinefest, and we both had rather long short films there. You know, they weren't like a five-minute thing. I think their mine was like 20 minutes, yours was something similar. But yeah. um, I loved yours. That was like the fa- my favorite thing that I had seen that day. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's interesting when you say you know longer short films because short films are I'm sure you you know this but it, it's hard it's like a hard it's a it's difficult because you, you want just enough information to keep the audience wanting to see more but you don't want off but you don't want too little for that the audience to feel like it wasn't. Like it, it wasn't completed, or, or um, you you, f- you fell short on it. So it is difficult to make short films. Yeah, find that 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 middle ground, you know. Right, and there there are constraints because like this story, is this a five minute story? Is this an eight minute story? Is this a fifteen minute story? Is this something that really should be a feature? Am I just doing a scene of a movie that I want as a proof of concept right. into a feature? And you know, can I make it work with just the limited information? in this short it's exactly so my 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 struggle with short film is you know you want to you want to give enough of the story and of the characters so the audience or who's watching it begins to care about what they're seeing and then if you want to cut it off after that and then leave them like kind of like hanging wanting to see more that's great because i feel like short films Though there's plenty of them that are really good that are under, you know, that some of them are three minutes, some of them are five minutes. You know, it, they're mostly focused just like on a moment, or like you said, like it's just a scene. But to me, like even though they can be great and have a great message or a theme to them, I feel like it's just it's still not enough time for you to really get into the characters that you're watching for you to actually care when it's over. You know, because you know, with which I'm sure you can relate to this. There's no better feeling than you know with short film. You know, you give the audience just enough for them to feel something or care, and then when it's over, they come up to you and, and they and they ask you like, you know, you know, I really enjoyed this scene. I really like these characters. I want to see more. It really set. It really resonated with me, and I think that's, you know, why you and I kind of like to do a little bit longer short films. Yeah, <laughs> we want to bring the audience in a little bit more and give them more to to feel. So yeah. sure, and you know, I've always been, I've kind of held it in my head um, that you can do an emotion. But you can't do a character with short film, right? Not not to the extent with you know a five season series or a feature film. Yeah. And you know it's funny because after this, I had gone to do a web series with five minute episodes. Um, right. But your your previous project to this was a feature film. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So. Go ahead. Yeah. So I did a feature film in 2014 called Natural Selection. It starred uh, Catherine McNamara, Anthony, uh, Michael Hall, Mason Dye, and uh, we did uh, Brian Munzer, who was kind of uh, the, he, in my opinion, he kind of he was the antagonist of the film, and he kind of went like he 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 knocked it out of the park. I mean, everyone did a wonderful job, um, but you know, that was 2014, so it was a big endeavor to undertake. It was fun, you know. I made a lot of great uh, friendships from it. Um, still, really close to the, to the to the cast and whatnot. It's uh, it's on Netflix uh, it's currently. 
it's also available on Amazon Prime, and you can get it on iTunes. And also, if, you're, if, if we have any readers out there, if they're interested, the screenplay was actually adapted into a book. Oh, so, holy cow. Though it's, it's, it's slightly different than the movie, it allow, you can get on Amazon right now if you want. It's just the same name, Natural Selection. The author is Stuart Connolly, who also was a um, producer on the film. So okay. if, you're, if people are interested in looking at the uh, novel version of the film, uh, check it out, Natural Selection on Amazon.com. That's interesting. Yeah, I watched the film last night. Um, it beautifully shot, um, very competent um, grasp of where to place the camera, um, what to cut to. Um, it... it it really came across as a very professional production. Um, yeah, we, we had a great team. My college friend, Brandon Ripley, he was a cinematographer. He also was the cinematographer on Simple Things, my short film. So, you know, I'm sure you know the director-cinematographer relationship is extremely important. And you you, you got to have somebody next to you that understands what you're looking for. And, and gets it, you know, you can't really be having somebody on set that they're, you know, they don't get the vision or they're not on the same page visually and it holds up the stuff. So it, it really helps when you have somebody that you're really in sync with on set. So you just, you know, go pump, pump out the shots and, and just keep the thing moving. So. And I think a big part of that too is not going in with, I know exactly how this is going to be, but like, you know, the intent, like to how, to what degree do you conceptualize what you want to shoot for a project? Right, so obviously I don't know if it's the greatest idea to jump like straight into a feature film when you don't really have too much experience actually being able to tell stories or being able to develop characters, especially if you're like the writer-director, that's even more of a responsibility on you to, you know, to get the whole thing molded properly. So. Um, it was interesting going into this feature film because you know I did a short I did I did a short film in college with this based off you know it was a short version of, of Natural Selection the feature film and you know I didn't really do too much in between so uh, it was just the thing about filmmaking which I'm you know this it's, it's a process you know you can't sit back and, and I mean you can study on how to do it but the, the only way you can actually get better in this craft is you have to actively participate in it I mean you have to be on set you have to you have to be able to experience you know what can go wrong what can go right you know so you can go into the next one more prepared and then also it's a learning process too especially when it comes to the writing because when you when you're on set and you realize there's not a lot of time and you realize things, especially in the edit later on, that you don't need. You know, you, you know, I spent a whole half a day shooting that scene, and I didn't even use it in the cut because it wasn't necessary. So it's also extremely important to practice your craft and, and to and to just keep, you know, keeping yourself sharp as a filmmaker because you need to be able to see that bigger picture before you spend the money and you spend the time to shoot that scene. You know, have the foresight. Um, to to see that and know that you won't you don't need it and then you know and then you can start in the script writing process you know so you can save yourself the time and effort by already cutting that scene out because you know you won't need it right. and and I'm sure it's difficult for you since you're a cinematographer and you're you're all about the visuals and the nice pretty camera angles it's it's it is hard when you are you know when you have those roles on a film because 
and especially if you're editing it, because in the editing room you tend to want you, you tend to be biased sure. to the scenes. So instead of sitting there like a, a person that you just brought in to edit the film and says this scene isn't working for the project, the film, the story, we're going to cut it out, as opposed to you and I, you and I would be like, well. It took us all day to shoot that scene, or it looks really nice. Like, like trying to be protective. Has a nice dolly shot in it. Yeah, so, so we don't. We, we're kind of biased to to those kinds of things. Um, so you know. Uh, well, yeah. I when would, I when I jumped into um, to do my web series, um, it was it was really just project. Like I didn't know what I was going to do next. I knew I didn't want to do another twenty plus minute short film. It took a lot of time, and I felt like you know. After the, the reception of it, it's like I tried to do character. I, I don't really know if, if I was able to pull it off in that amount of time. Uh, so I'd either need to go longer or I need to go shorter. So I did a quick writing exercise. And I wrote something that ended up being like five minutes. But it was interesting. And it ended on a cliffhanger. And then later on I figured out, well, maybe it'd be a good web series. Just five-minute video posts on YouTube. There's another one next week. There's another one next week. Another one next week that I continued. Um, but I really got it tight um, in the actual writing editing phase because I had done it so often and I'm like, okay, this is superfluous. This I need here. This I need here. Um, I don't think I cut anything out because of the experience of the previous films. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you and I can speak to the, when I did my short film, Simple Things, you know, they say in screenwriting, uh, a page of screen of script is usually translates to a minute on screen. So the screenplay for Simple Things was like 16 and a half pages. So final project, video-wise, ended up being almost exactly around that. So it is interesting, you know, when you when you when you practice it or you or you have you done it multiple times that uh, you can just write exactly what you need, shoot exactly what you need. And then it'll save you the time, and sometimes the money, you know, or most of the time the money, later on because then you didn't waste time shooting that. Right. And um, and it is it is hard to start to develop or start characters in such a short amount of time, like you said, with five minutes. So you kind of have to. I, I do think that you can start to to dig into characters within 10, 15 minutes, uh, and then just like a cliffhanger, and then you can just end it there but uh, it is it is difficult to, to do that and and then you have these film festivals that everyone says oh the magic number is under 15 minutes for short films and stuff like that and it's but then at the end of the day it's like you, sh you want to make the films that you want to make and if they have to, and if they're going to be a certain length and the film I'm, I'm a firm believer that the film's going to be the length that it's it, it's going to be you know there's always room to cut the fat but I feel like the film after you edit it, after you polish it down, after you have people watch it, get constructive feedback on it, I, the film's going to be the length it's meant to be. So um, even though it's good to go in thinking that, okay, maybe we want this to be around 10, 12 minutes, that's always good to, 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 to go in with that mindset. But if it's not that, like, don't cut scenes just to get the time down if, if it's going to hurt the film, you know? I feel like that would be the worst crime to either, like, extend something so it, it, it reaches a certain length or to cut too much. And that doesn't make sense anymore. Exactly, because you can, you can, because when I was editing simple things, you know, I had the 15 minute or less in thing in my head, and and it includes, you know, they say it has to include it. The runtime includes the credits too, which is annoying. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so that's a couple, that's a minute or two, 
of extra time that you could have used. But uh, but I found myself at some points stopping myself, saying, "Hey, this this film is the correct length. Uh, I can't cut it anymore because then I'd just be cutting it to get the time down, right. and then it would start to detract from the from the film." So. Yeah, the film's going to be the length it's meant to be. So, and then do you go on to hold screenings for maybe people that weren't involved in the process to get feedback to further Absolutely. tighten it? And I think the most important, one of the most important phases of the filmmaking process is constructive feedback. So not only, but start start doing it early. Start in the screenwriting phase. So the the biggest mistake I think us filmmakers can make is we're so biased and blind to our own work. Because since we're the ones that are writing it, since we know the character, since we know the story, we just automatically assume that whoever's watching it or reading it is going to get it. Right. But that's not the case. You know, you got to be able to. Um, I think I had a teacher in middle school or high school, or whatever. It was it was pretty. It was like if, if if you threw this out the window, your screenplay out on on the highway, and some Joe Schmo picked it up and started to read it, would they be able to understand it the way that you've written it? You know. Hmm. So, I think. It's extremely important to write when, after you're done um, writing a, a draft. When you feel like it's ready to go out, like, send it out to people. Send it to your friends. Have people that have no idea about the film industry or whatever read it. People that aren't who aren't very you know, people that aren't close friends. You know, you want to get some raw feedback too because sometimes family friends they'll sugarcoat it and say, "Oh, I like it." This and that. The worst thing anyone can say to me. I mean, it's great when someone says, "Oh, I loved your film" or "It's a great project," but in the in the editing, or not the editing, but in the beginning phases where you need feedback, you know, I, I don't want to hear, I liked it, or it was great. Like, I don't want to hear that. Like, I want to hear yeah. what, what, can, what can be improved, what's working, what do you think is not working. So that's one thing that I always include is when I write a draft and I think it's somewhere, somewhat in a good rough draft, have as many people as possible read it. And, and I then, would, go ahead. And then carry that on to, to the, the rough cuts. You know, shoot yeah. the film, uh, get a rough cut out, have the same same people watch it, you know, or just have like a blind screening, just invite people over, whatever, have them fill out a questionnaire, you know, what was your favorite part, what did you not like the most, is there something that was confusing to you, and use that same uh, constructive criticism process to polish the film into its final fit product, to the final stage of it. And I think those questions are important, too, because a lot of times when you're asking friends and family who don't know anything about the filmmaking process, for them to just say, oh, you're so talented, like, what does that give, that's not the feedback I'm looking for, I'm not looking for a pat on the back, I'm looking for, like, what did you, what did you, res what resonated with you, what did you like, Sorry. what did you not like, um, what was absolutely wrong? <laughs> exactly, and those are the important questions that have to be asked, because... I, I've crossed paths with multiple filmmakers in my in my day. I'm not, but like, <laughs> but I've, I've crossed paths with multiple filmmakers where they'll just write a, a draft or two drafts, and then they have people that are surrounded them that just read it and they they don't challenge them and they're just like, oh, I liked it, and then they go and they shoot the film, and then it has issues, but now they can't really be resolved because, you know, there, there's things in it that could have that could have been fixed in the writing that weren't fixed, that can't be fixed now later on. So, if there's one thing that I learned the most from film school, which no one needs to go to film school to make movies, uh, but was constructive feedback. And it, it is hard being an artist in general because, you know, we are vulnerable. You know, when we make films, we're expressing ourselves, like we're expressing our craft. So, of course, it's going to be like our little, 
our little baby, so when you criticize it, we're going to get defensive, but I think it's all part of the process, and it's if, as long as it's constructive criticism, it's healthy and it's, and it, and it's necessary because and, – and the more you make stuff, the more you put yourself out there, the more you – you know, I used to be like – you know, in, in high school and college, you know, I'd make something and someone would criticize it. Like, oh, I don't understand that. And then, and then you just immediately get defensive and go, well, you just don't understand. Like, you don't – You, you don't understand my vision. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you can't do that. So the, the, more, the more experience you have having people, you know, criticize your work constructively – you, you become open and, and, and you want that feedback. Like you want to see what's wrong with it. Because another part of the process is not just people giving you constructive feedback of like, oh, well, you need to fix this and this didn't work for me. But it's also, you, you, you could hear ideas from people that would say, I liked how you did this scene, but what if, what if you did, what if this happened? Or what if you did it in this direction or went this direction with it? And you, there's been plenty of people in my life who's read my scripts or, or watched my projects who who's mentioned stuff that I never even would have thought of that sure. actually ended up in the movie, you know? Yeah. It was like, wow, that's a wonderful idea. I didn't even think about that, you know? So it's critical that you have people look and critique your work. Yeah, and I mean, I'll tell you what. Um, you are on Netflix. You're on Amazon. You're on just a whole other level than just showing it at um, a film festival and getting feedback from friends. I mean, you have to deal with feedback from strangers who are judging your work up against the Marvel films or, you know, just, just anything else that they could have watched that day. Absolutely. I would say that if you do get to the point where you have your, you have a film of yours or whatever it is on some kind of major platform that the world has access to, because even, even YouTube, you know, the same thing goes there. If your projects and stuff are on YouTube, Everybody that crosses paths with it, you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of people out there that just want to like rip people's work apart. There's a lot of people there out there that are constructive, and even though it might not be the greatest feedback, it's it's constructive. And then there's people out there that'll just love whatever you put out there, you know, because because you're you and or whatever. So you are gonna get a lot of flack, especially. I mean, I've gotten. I mean, but you can't. After a while, like you you get. In the beginning, you get upset. You get upset by it, you know, because if someone re if someone watches your film, it could be a short film, feature film, or whatever, and they say like it's the worst thing they ever saw in their life, or they hated it, or they don't understand why you would even do that, blah blah blah. It's like, it 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 sucks. But at the end of the day, it's like everyone's different. I mean, just think of the film that you think is the greatest film in the world. There's there is people. There are people out there that think it's the worst movie ever made. Sure, you know, sure. like I think. I mean, this is kind of a maybe a silly example, but Titanic is in a great film from a production standpoint, from a screenwriting standpoint. You know, James Cameron is a fantastic filmmaker, but you'll find people out there that think that his work is absolutely trash. You know, and that's just how it is. It's but that applies to like all areas of life. You know, people think that this is the greatest book they ever read, or that's the greatest artist ever, whatever. But there's there's always going to be haters. So. My, my, my advice, if I was to give anybody advice about it, if they do get a film of theirs out where the world has access to, to, to like criticize it, is, you know, if someone writes you an email, I've gotten so much email from people writing me about natural selection, good, bad, you know, some people, like, would say that, why would you even make this movie, I hate you, stuff like that, and some people say, it's it was life-changing for me, and it really resonated, and I could connect with it in all areas, and wow. 
that's cool. But the fact that somebody went out of their way to get on their computer and write me an email, whether it was, even if it was bad, I mean, you, you did something there, you know? Because I'm sure you've watched a movie that's not even worth your time to even, to even have a thought about it after it's over. Let alone get on the computer, find the filmmaker, and email them, you know? Right. <laughs> so, so even though it's negative or it could be bad, it, you kind of did something right because you, 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 you connected in some way, even though it was... They're thinking about it. You've won. Yeah, they're, yeah, yeah, they're thinking about it. Exactly. <laughs> so I don't even get upset by it anymore. You know, it's just all part of the process of being a, an artist, so... Natural Selection was your first feature, and you had started a... You started with a short film um, that grew into this feature. What was what was that process like from the short film being completed to making a feature and releasing a feature on Netflix? Yeah, so the difficult thing about features, obviously, is now they're they're long. You know, now now you have you know ninety minutes to elaborate on whatever story you're telling. So there's a lot more responsibility put on you because, you know, not only do you, are you, you know, undertaking the task of, of writing a story, but is it an interesting story? Does it have interesting characters? You know, it's not 12 minutes, 15 minutes where people can just sit through it and if they get kind of bored, then they'll still finish it out. You know, like, can you keep your audience's attention long enough, you know, to, to, to take them through the whole, the whole journey? So, you know, Natural Selection started as a, my senior thesis in film school and I believe it was it's kind of weird because it, I think it was 22 minutes long okay so it's been like the longest short I've ever done since then but obviously in hindsight definitely could have trimmed it down a little bit but um, but yeah it started as the short and got a lot of good feedback from it I think the way I did it which I think how most shorts are made, you know, you introduce some characters, you introduce a little bit of the story, and then you leave like leave it off as on a cliffhanger, so people are interested in seeing more of it, mm. or they want to see where this goes. So it was, you know, and uh, so taking that, you know, I had to d develop develop the characters, develop the story. You know, where was it going to go? How was it going to start? And you know, you mentioned you're writing a feature film now, so it's it's difficult to, 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 to figure out those pieces going into it, you know, like what's the most important thing to focus on, you know? Um, if there's one thing I learned from Natural Selection or just any kind of film that I've done in the past, it's, you know, every minute on screen should count for something and there should never be anything on screen that doesn't mean something or doesn't go somewhere. Right. Because, you know, the last thing you want to do is film a scene or put something in the frame that looks cool but it doesn't go anywhere yeah you don't want it to be hollow yeah and and I think a lot of a lot of things nowadays it's structured as this happens then this happens then this happens and that doesn't hold anyone's attention you know it, movies can't just be this this scene this scene this scene this scene this scene happens which something happens at the end of it which causes this to happen and now we lead into the next area and then something else happens causing this to happen and then now we're going on a journey now we're taking the audience and now the audience is interested to see what's happening there's yeah. cause and effect yeah you need so. that chain of causation um, linking everything but also you've got the the underlying story the character story um, that everything else should link to right absolutely so uh, you know 
I always thought that in college, writing a feature would be extremely difficult, which it absolutely is. I mean, I'm, I'm still having issues trying to, trying to, you know, I've written screenplays, which I'm sure you have, but you write stuff and then you kind of put it aside, yeah. and then it kind of sits there, and then you kind of come back to it. You never really, I haven't. It's hard to really sit and see something through over and over again. So, um, so yeah, I just, I just try to develop, try to find the pieces that were the most important to me, and elaborate on those and just kind of build from there and so that's kind of how the the short got transitioned into a screenplay but you know looking back at it I would have I would have it would have been written differently would have been focused on different points and I definitely probably would have spent more time sending out to more people to look at yeah from the, yeah. From the screenplay so how did you go from completed short film which um went on a festival circuit um you win any awards from that? Yeah, it got uh, won a few awards here and there, but you know, I feel like unless you get into Sundance or or South by Southwest or I mean, even if you get into those festivals, you still have to win it to really to, to, to really have any kind of national or worldwide acclaim. Exactly. Right, but you um, know, winning awards um, definitely gives you some leeway when you're talking to people who may want to invest. Um, so what was your process of raising money for this short? Uh, because you cannot pay actors in pizza for a feature film. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing the thing now, which the the film the film industry and the way movies are made and the, the way they're they're marketed and how to get stuff, it's it's dramatically changed since when I made Natural Selection. I mean, we live in a world now where you're either with the big guys in Hollywood that have the massive budgets and they're just throwing money around, or you got to find a way to make a feature, a good feature, for almost no money, because yeah. it's really difficult to find anybody who a wants to buy it for any kind of you know decent amount of money. Uh, obviously, once you make your film, getting it dis- distributed is the second hurdle. You know, some people can make a movie, but they can't get it out there, and where, and what I've noticed with Netflix and Amazon and all these major streaming platforms is now they're at a position where they're they're big enough that they make they want to make their own content and they want the best content. Right. So, you know, back in 2015 ish when I sold Natural Selection to Netflix, nowadays it's more difficult to do that because now Netflix. You know they're they're so big that they they want to, they want this they want to do their own stuff they want to do their things so it's harder to to solicit and have them pick up other people's material you know they they want their own stuff and they want to produce their own stuff so um, but to go back to your question about getting getting it made there is no blue blueprint for how to do it it's really difficult you pretty much just got to find people that believe in you and have extra funds to, because there are people out there who have a lot of money that love just being a part of the arts. They love to be a part of stuff, and most people that aren't in the industry just feel it really. It's an interesting and fun thing to be a part of a movie. Like even that, even if they didn't participate in the production of it, they they feel they feel cool. They're like, oh, I made a like I I produced a movie or right. I executive produced a film. Like it makes them feel good. So, um, so yeah, I just you know the short was a nice little uh, credential that I had that I could show people what I was looking to do. Um, another important thing that I think when you're 
when you're looking for money for a film is if your film has some kind of a um, like a, a message or something behind it that that has something good to promote from it. Sure. So you, it might be different that if you want to just make a slasher movie that just involves people getting cut up for 90 minutes, that's going to be maybe a little bit harder to pitch somebody than if you had a film that's a thriller or a drama that deals with like an issue hmm. that the characters are dealing with but also has a positive message in it. So it can reach out and hopefully, you know, help people, you know. So when I was going around pitching out selection, like that's how I did it. I was mm. saying how it's about, you know, love overcoming hate. It's about finding the strength within yourself to overcome adversity, even though you're faced up against the world. Like that's what the, the film's about. And it, and, it, and it has a positive uh, message in it and conclusion in it, I think. And that was helpful in getting people motivated and, and passionate behind the project was pitching it like there was a, a message to it that was going to um, you know transcend from the film into the world and, and hopefully help people so right that right. so you, when you have that going for your film yeah I was, and you use the word right there I was gonna say to, to pitch something that really transcends just the project is yeah. huge because like you said there are people with money who want to be involved in the process well there are also people with money who have certain feelings and want to pursue certain themes and get that out in the world and to create content that is hopeful exactly so that that's always helpful too when you're constructing your film or thinking about doing a certain project that 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 gives you a little bit of some leeway with when you get to the point of pitching it around to try to raise money for it okay great and you also had a name actor in natural selection anthony michael hall yeah uh that was interesting the whole the whole casting part was really interesting too because there were a couple characters actors that came on board like the last second um i think my my uh production attorney i believe he was the one that got us anthony michael hall so he he sent him the script because they were like, okay, well, I can send it to him and see what he does, see what he says. I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? And then like two days later, uh, my producer called me and goes, Anthony Michael Hall usually doesn't work with first-time directors, but he wants to have a conversation with you. And so that was kind of nerve-wracking. So I was like, okay. <laughs> I imagine. <laughs> he's like, he's going to call you tomorrow at like 5 p.m. I said, okay. So but that conversation went really well. And... You know, he was he was great to work with. He's also a great person. So he and I are good friends. And he genuinely cares about, you know, the project. He cares about, you know, we, we stay in communication very often. And whenever I'm with him and, you know, we're in, we're in groups or companies, like he always has something nice to... He's always uh, he's a firm believer in in the project and a firm believer as me as a filmmaker. So that that goes a long way. Like I really appreciate that. Sure. And uh, you know, and also it's Anthony Michael Hall, so it's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, that's terrific, have, man. And um, how how instrumental would you say having him as a name actor um, into getting the film made? Like, how did that translate? Did you? Did you feel like you need that, or once you got that, did that loosen up a couple things? Right. The it's a great question. I think that's a question that 
a lot of people once again there's no blueprint for it. there's no there's no right or wrong answer for it it definitely got attention you know when we had his name on the project it, it, it adds a lot of credibility to the film um, got us a lot of interest um, it was a having him in the project was def definitely a huge um, boost for us and but you know but that aside just just looking at the younger actors in my film you know things are subject to change all the time like Catherine McNamara at the time who plays Paige in Natural Selection you know she she was out there she was doing this and doing that and but nowadays she's kind of in a she's kind of a big big actor now on on network television you know she was in that shadow shadow hunter series mm -hmm. um, for a while that, that gave her a huge boost on freeform and then now she's on a she was on Arrow, okay, for 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 a while, and now she's getting her own uh, spinoff show that focuses on the women from Arrow, like the little. I don't watch that show, but um, yeah, I, I watched first couple seasons. It is interesting. Yeah, yeah. So there's a couple characters, female characters that are whatever, and, and now they're doing a spinoff show with just the female characters. So you know she's doing really well. That's great. And the point being is that. You know, you could have an actor that, you know, what no one really knew about, and you made the film, and then a couple years later, they're like an A-lister or something like that. So, sure. you know, and then now your film is like, almost has like a second revival, you know, like, oh, wow, now I got this person on me. So it's interesting how that can change, but to, to answer your original question, having Anthony Michael Hall in the film definitely was a huge asset to have. And not only that, you know, he, he I got a great friendship out of it, you know? The one thing that I can really appreciate and, and I'm grateful for is that, you know, a lot of people show up, actors, they'll just show up, get paid, do their job, and then they just leave, and they kind of just come and go. But the one thing that I really am uh, grateful for from National Selection was I met the, all the cast almost is, you know, I'm still in communication with them very often. And, you know, they're great people. And, and it also is helpful, too, because now, you know, down the road, if, you, if I have another film or whatever... And the roles, the roles right. I can just call them, you know. Right. I can just text them and say, "Hey, I don't want to. I can. I don't. I can circumvent the agents and all that kind of stuff. I don't need to. <laughs> don't need to try to like get through those walls. Just go right to the source. So that's always helpful too, if you can get somebody in your movie and then later on down the road use them in something else. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Chad, you went from doing a feature to a short film, which was so well done. Um, Thank you. What was what was the reasoning for going that route? Usually, once people make a feature, it's kind of like, "Oh, I have to make features forever." <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Good question. Uh, I would say that, like I mentioned earlier, you know, as filmmakers, as artists, we have to actively keep engaging in our craft in order to stay fresh and also to 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 get better. You know, unfortunately, we're in an industry where it's a collaborative art, so we had to rely on multiple, lots of people to bring a whole project together. You know, we're not painters, or we can sit in our studio all day, and for a hundred bucks a week, we can just paint and paint and paint and paint and practice and practice and practice and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, we we can't make as many projects as often as we usually would like to. So, my motivation for making simple things was a: I'm not the filmmaker I was in 2014, and I wanted to show people that I have advanced in my craft and you know I wanted something new I wanted something fresh I wanted a new credential on my on my resume 
And you know, just like with anything in life, you you know, after after a while, you want something new to promote yourself with. And you know, I can't be running around town with natural selection from 2014, you know, for the next 20 years, saying, "Hey, I made this, I made this, I made this." Even though I'm extremely proud of it, and uh, you know, there's, you know like, I made great friendships from it, and it was a great experience, and all these kinds of things. You know, I'm I'm not the filmmaker I was in 2014, and you know, I wanted to do something. I wanted to I wanted to get back at it. You know, you get that itch, like you just want to do it, and, and so that that was my motivation for making simple things. Was and also the the story and stuff was something I was sitting on for a few years and I circled back around to and was like I think I want to I want to do this this project. That's nice because usually with with my um, I, I have like this text document of like ideas or themes or a character or a line of dialogue. I may never come back to some of those. Yeah, yeah. but 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 it means something if you do come back to it. Like I don't. I don't have any tattoos, but they. Do, but everyone that that I've spoken to who has a tattoo, they they always say that you have an idea for something you want to get, you set it aside for a while, and if you come back to it, you know, a year or two later, and you still want it, then get it. And I feel the same way about screenplays or ideas or short films or whatever I've done, where you know I've I've written stuff and then put it aside. But this was one of those projects that after a couple of years, I came back to it. And still felt like it was something I really wanted to do, and thankfully it it, it paid off to me because you know even though the film didn't it didn't it's a short film so there's not a lot of outlets for them, you know there's there's certain places that you can distribute them and put them on but it's very you know if you don't have a feature your your choices are very limited to what you can do with shorts and you, can, you almost can never make money off of them but to me as a filmmaker that wasn't important to me for making this movie this movie meant some, simple things meant something to me. And even though I might not get a dime back from it, it was worth every penny I put into it because I'm so proud of it. And when I talk to people and they say, you know, what, what have you done? What's your latest project? Like, I'm unbelievably grateful and, and proud to say I made the short film and it's called Simple Things, you know. And and also, you know, it was another experience. We, we shot it over a weekend and it went unbelievably well. It, it went better than I even thought it would. Like I thought it was going to go good, but it went it went it, you know, it exceeded my expectations of of the experience of it. And I will say this that as filmmakers and I'm sure you can relate to this, you have this idea, you have this vision for how it's going to be, but when you when in film, things are constantly changing. You know, things can change on set. You know, you, you could write a scene that takes place out in a parking lot, but the day that day is shooting it, it's torrential rain. <laughs> And, and now you have to rewrite it or, or, sh or find a way to shoot it inside. Or, you know, you're trying to shoot this scene and so-and-so has a heat, you know, the, the actor had a heat stroke. And now, you know, they can't do the rest of the scene or, you know, things are constantly changing. So when the film is done, it almost never is exactly how you envisioned it. But I will say, with simple things, it, uh, it, it turned out ex it better than I thought it would. And I thought it would turn out well and turn out good, but so that's another reason why I'm so proud of it is that it turned out exactly how I wanted it to, and and it feels good when you when you get that, yeah, you know, great to know to know that you you got it, you know. And it was a nice evolution from I, I watched Natural Selection last night, and then going at simple things. Um, I mean, coverage style was different. Um, yeah. you, you definitely told it in 
told the story a different way. Was that something you were looking to do going into it, or was that something that just the story called for? Yeah. Uh, people give me crap all the time because I use too many close-ups. Uh, I've heard people call me like, 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 Chad, I love the movie, but you got to chill on the close-ups. And to me, it's like, <laughs> I, I get it. Uh, wide shots are extremely – I feel like people just use wide shots as a waste of time. Like, oh, this is the scene. This is the room we're in. A lot of people can do them really well if you have a lot of interesting things happening within the frame and whatever. Uh, but to me, it's like the, my, the subject matter of my films, it's usually emotional stuff. It's mm. usually tension between you know, two people. And I'm obsessed with, with, uh, with eyes. Like, there's so much emotion that can, be, that can be translated through eyes without even saying a word of dialogue. So I have to be close. You know, I, I'm sure you've seen films where there's like an intense scene and they, they keep it on like a medium or like a wide and you're like, I, I want to be in that conversation. Yeah, I, I need to be that, closer. Yeah, I want to be closer. So so I, that's one of the things with this with simple things because the, the film only has two characters in it and, it and most of the film is a conversation between two people. So, yeah, um, going from natural selection to simple things uh, – you know, uh, like I said, I'm not the same filmmaker I was. Yeah. And so, you know, if I could go back and do natural selection again, I would do a million things different, you know, right. shoot but, it differently. Does that? Sure. But I mean, the important thing is you've learned from the experience. I mean, it's, it's a great film. It looks great. I mean, you have only it, other places to go. <laughs> so, exactly. all right. Simple things. Great. That I felt like that showed, um, like like a real director with a vision, especially at the very end, the emotional, um, uh, musically charged scene. Right. Um, it's just it's just it's still in my head to this Thank day. You. So that appreciate that. I definitely see the evolution there. What's next for Chad Shifley? Yeah, so you know, I have I've had a couple short short screenplays that I've been sitting on for a while, and I had to just pick one. So, you know, I've always wanted to make, I always wanted to make a horror movie, but at the end of the day, that's not really my, that's not really me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I would be making a horror movie more for the, the marketability of it, you know, to, so people get more interested. And, and, and I, I don't know, like, I, I had like, I had like an epiphany recently where I decided that, you know what? The films and the stories that mean something to me that can get me to bring out the best in who I am as a filmmaker, which I'm sure, you know, you have your wheelhouse, you have your, the, the, the stories that you want to tell, you know, it's, it's difficult when you, when you, when you take on a project because it's, you're trying to mold it into something that can be marketed or you mold it to something that would get more attention. And so you're molding it for something else. And I feel like we as filmmakers thrive the most is when you, you make stuff that's 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 that comes from you know who you are as a filmmaker. Like you're you're you know what are you made of? Like when you make that movie or you make that film, you know 100% you. Then I feel like that's when we thrive and that's when we, and whether that it's and even if that means that you know if you're a comedy comedy director, you know, you know drama isn't very marketable. Uh, but we're human beings. Like we're emotional beings. Like drama resonates with us. So I recently just just completely full blown just accepted the fact that I'm I love drama, I love tension between people, I love 
you know, I love love stories and I love sad stories, and that those are the films I'm going to make. So I, I decided that I, I picked a, a, another short film that I want to do, and it's heavy-handed. It, it, it's going to I want to kind of revert back to my darker side a little bit from from high school from college, you know, but also put in all the the emotional stuff from you know that that I'm that I'm passionate about. So I'm um, I'm looking to do a, a thriller, like a like a, a tr more of a drama thriller. Um, that focuses on uh, a young girl who who's dealt with this trump you know this traumatic experience in her life and she's just riddled with guilt and she is trying to find a way that she can overcome it or atone for you know for her past experiences so it's 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 heavy-handed it's drama but to me I was just was like you know what it might not be very marketable stuff but I'm gonna take the same uh, pathway that I did with simple things you know right write a short, you know, under 15 page screenplay. If I have to raise the money to make it, that's, that's what I'm going to do because that's the story I want to tell and that's that's what I'm passionate about. And I think that's one thing that's that I would tell anybody who's watching this or any filmmaker is, you know, don't wait around for someone to just hand you a stack of cash. I mean, that would be nice. Uh, Try to go out and fundraise, you know, whatever. But at the end of the day, like, don't wait around for that perfect script. Don't wait around to, to say, oh, it's not ready, it's not ready, it's not ready. Like, just just do it, you know? Just get out there, do it, and, and, just, and just get better at what you're doing. And that's what I would say, A, is next for me, and as this short film that I'm really passionate about. I have a feature that I'm also working on, but I know that that's going to come down later, later down the road, so I'm not going to get too wrapped up with that. And I'm going to make this. I'm going to make this new short film, and that's what I'm going to do. Great. And and then once I made that decision, like with simple things, I I decided that's the script I'm making, and I'm going to move forward with it. And it was just like bam, 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 bam. Let's get the let's get the wheels moving, you know. Great. And I mean, especially because we're in this pandemic now, it's led to a lot of self-reflection with a lot of people. Yes. And, and, and time for people to catch up on writing projects that they've been sure. neglecting because they've been focusing on. You know their day jobs. Or yeah, I mean, I've written some things, but you know, just above that, you know, you think about your brand as a filmmaker. What kind of movies? Um, what's an Andrew Froning movie? What's a Chad Shifley movie? Um, right. What themes? What stories do we want to spend this limited time on Earth telling? Right, and, and to me, what what's important to me is I I express myself through my films. But there's no better. There's 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 nothing like the feeling of showing your film to strangers and them coming up to you and them wanting to talk about it, like wanting them, like wanting to know more, wanting to know who these characters were, or or they come up to you and they say that really m meant something to me, or like it, I got it, you know, I can relate to that, and and then it's it, that feeling that that gives you it, because because then that just lets re reaffirms that you're doing the right thing, like you know, keep doing it. And that's what is important to me. You know, it's cool. It would be cool to make horror movies, scare people. You know, that's another emotional response that you can get out of people. But when people come up to you and they say, "Listen, this really meant something to me," or they want to sit and talk to me for an hour, and I never, you know, I don't know these people, but they want to talk about the film. They want to talk about, like that. That to me means something, and and that's what I want to continue to do is to tell those stories and and reach people. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Good advice. Something to aspire to. Thanks so much, Chad. Um, where can we okay. see your previous work? So if you're interested in seeing my short film, Simple Things, it has its own website now, so you can just go to the website and watch it. That's simplethingsmovie.com. 
If you want to watch my feature film, Natural Selection, you can get on Netflix and just search Natural Selection. You can also find it on Amazon Prime Video, and I believe it's included with Prime, so you don't have to pay for it. Uh, you can also download it off iTunes, and if you're interested in reading the novel version of the, of the film, it's Natural Selection by Stuart Connolly, and you can find that on Amazon.com. And if you want to check out my personal work or my website, you can just go to chadshifley.com. Excellent. Thanks so much, Chad. This has been a great chat. Thank you so much for going Indie Depth. Thanks for having me on.